black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Johnny. How's your week been? It's been busy. It's, um, I've been getting um, adjusted to some new people in the office and hiring new staff and getting over laryngitis. Went to Tampa with Christina, my best friend, who just turned, or actually will be, by the time this, this episode airs this week, she'll be 45. So we celebrated her fourth, 45th birthday this weekend in Tampa. And I just flew back this morning and then dropped my car off to get service and went straight to work. And then after work, went and picked my car up and then spent over an hour in traffic, come back home. So it's been a very busy last couple of days. Honestly, it's been a very busy last couple of weeks. And I still am not over this, like, cough like I don't know it just won't go away it's sort of getting to the point where I'm just over it I'm ready to be back to my normal self I I hate the fact that I am like having a cough and clear my voice still and that I sound sort of a little raspiness still but you know it is what it is it's been it's been good I can't complain it's just sort of a struggle traveling when you still feel like not a hundred percent but so far, it's been good. Well, I'm glad you at least got to enjoy yourself. And it wasn't just like laryngitis and no fun. Yeah, I mean, we definitely had fun. It was three of us. Uh, me, Christina, our cousin Brett, who's actually in the D.C. area with you. And we just chilled out. And, you know, I found out that Tampa is like the cigar capital of the United States. Like. Who knew that there are a whole bunch of cigar manufacturers in in Tampa? So there's like a cigar lounge on every corner. So if you're into smoking cigars, Tampa is the place to be. But I'm not really a smoker, um, but I did learn a lot about cigars and cigar history this weekend. That it's a social thing. It's not really a, sm- a smoking thing. It's a, it's a social act. You sit and you smoke your cigar for like one or two hours and you just have conversation. Like that's what you do. You just converse over this one cigar. So it was cool. I mean, that's what people do when we're in our 40s. We don't party. It's like we find something else to do, right? Like take a day day cruise or go to the cigar shop and get some education about cigars. You have people over, you hang out. I mean, that's what you do. You don't really party. There's no, you go to Tampa. You don't go to Miami 
and go to King of Diamonds. I mean, it's just a different type of vibe. It's a different let loose. So, but it was fun. I like the grown and sexy let loose. This is the new grown and sexy let loose. So, but hence probably the reason I went on the trip for my 40th and not like a grown and sexy let loose. But Girl. I was about to say, well, can I go back to my 30s? Because I still want to party every now and then. Now, I'm not about to be out in the club twerking, but, like, I can get a little two-step in. I want to go, like, let me go to a good lounge or something. Like, can but you can still get two-step. You can get a good two-step in. And you still go to a lounge. We went to a lounge. You can still go to a lounge. <laughs> were the men your age or were they old enough to be your grandfather? Listen, there were some honeys in there. Listen, listen. There was money. So there was the one girl that's a friend of hers in Tampa. We're like, let's go to this lounge. It has professional men. I was a professional man, right? So I get there and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, these, I mean, there's definitely a place where you can party, right? Like people had their cigars because that's what you do in Tampa. They had the hookah because that's what you do in Tampa. And it was, you know, a DJ. The DJ was great. But the, the quote, professional, professional men they were definitely like younger I was like oh this is not my cup of tea like I need someone that's like 40s 50s right not like that's still running around in the 30s and trying to get their credit score together like mm -mm. like you should already have that 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 should be a thing already and these men were definitely like someone that's people that were like on that borderline of like, I'm grown and sexy, but I still don't have my stuff together and I might live with my mama. So it was not my cup of tea. But then the next place we went, definitely some some nice mature brothers were in there. Just saying. Well, I think all of the mature men, the mature black men in Florida probably were in Miami for Art Basel. So they probably were, you know, being showing their artsy side rather than, you know, hanging out smoking cigars in Tampa. <sighs> but, but you know, you know what? I think I'm attracted to like an artsy fartsy man. I'm, art Basel is not artsy fartsy. Art Basel is more like cultured art. I'm. I if I showed you pictures of ten people that I know that went to Art Basel, you would change your mind instantly. Okay, y'all. If you want, if y'all, if y'all went to Art Basel, please, please tell the people. Tell Nicole if you went to Art Basel, send your pictures so that Nicole can see that they're y'all are not artsy fartsy. Y'all are just like you know, they're like Met Gala artsy, not like, not like Smithsonian artsy. They may be too smart for me. Like artsy people are very like far out there. They're super smart. Like. Like seriously, like I'm a STEM girl. I'm like I am a very like, and mind you, I took art for years. I love art. Um, you know, I can draw and create. I'm very crafty. But when we talk about, look at this picture on the wall. What do you see? It's like that's not what I want to be doing my my pastime. I'm, I'm I'm I don't know. I just those type of people are just too smart for me. I want, you know, give me somebody cornbread fed that wants to watch the game on a Sunday. I don't know. I just, 
I'm trying to be in live my real authentic self, right? Single Nicole wants to live a real authentic self, and I, I need somebody intellectually that is compatible, but I don't want you to be that much smarter than me. Like, don't overanalyze every word that comes out of my mouth. I, I can't. I, I just I don't want to date that kind of person. That's just me. Nicole, they're not going to be smarter than you, Nicole. It's just a different way of thinking. Correct. I, I just sent you. With who I'm with. I want to be comfortable. <laughs> can we can we chill out, watch the game, eat wings and and pizza? If you don't like lemon pepper, don't don't. don't I can't be with you. I'm just trying to be real. Like, listen, in my 40s, I can't fake it. You know how you, we used to fake it just a little bit. You know, we we sort of network and you know put the good foot forward. I'm not putting any no good feet forward anymore. It's just it's what you get. This is what you get. I'm going to live in my authentic self. And sometimes I don't want to think that hard. I want to get off work and have fun and laugh and joke. And I don't want to think that hard. I don't want to I don't want to date anybody that's too serious about themselves. And sometimes I feel like people that are real artsy are just too serious about themselves. But I know we can move on because I know I've said probably too, too much and the listeners are probably going to come for me. But this is just me. I'm just being real. I just need to somebody down to earth. Just go look at Art Basel 2023 on IG. You will see that the people that are at Art Basel are eating the lemon pepper wings and they are living their authentic lives and they're probably starving artists, some of them, and some of them are not. But it's just a different, like, I appreciate just a different frame of thought, right? Like, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with, uh, you don't have to be smarter than me or not smarter than me. I just would like to understand why you think that way. I'm not, I probably won't agree with it, but like, you know, it's interesting enough. I just found it fascinating. Just saying. But to your point, Nicole, we're not about we're not about to be stiff and, and weird. Like it's yeah. Authentic selves are, you know, 2023 and beyond, I shall say. Well, ma'am, are you excited because you have a birthday coming up? You and Jesus? Listen, me and Jesus, we just get down like that. Yes, I am excited, but you know what? I am just really excited that I am hosting, right? Like I'm, I'm hosting Christmas. I get to do all my little cute little gift baskets and things. I get to make the menu. I get to coordinate people. Like I like doing that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited about that. Less excited about the birthday. But spending time with family, I am really excited about that. I'm really excited about hosting as well. So, yes, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just hoping that by the time Christmas rolls around, I, my voice doesn't sound like this. And I'm also hoping that my mom and Harrison don't get sick because there's been some things, like, lurking around. Like, my mom called this weekend while I was in Tampa and said, there's a choir member that exposed people to COVID at choir practice on Tuesday like really and now have patients now that are getting COVID and Harrison's in school and there's like all these germs rolling around so I'm just like Lord be some Kleenex a COVID vaccine and a fence right like just let us get through the rest of this holiday season well and I was thinking about sending Harrison to school up until Christmas like that whole week of you know the 19th 20th, like going into the 22nd, but now I don't think so. Like, I think that 
that week before Christmas, I might just keep him out. I do the whole two weeks of Christmas off just so if he does get exposed like this week, next week he can recuperate without the constant exposure. So I don't know. I'm just going to pray my way through the rest of 2024. But yeah, I am excited. I definitely am excited about the holiday season. Sunny, you, you excited? Nicole, you're officially old because you're excited about hosting and not excited about getting gifts for your birthday or Christmas. Like you're like, I'm excited because I get to do a lot of work for some people who probably won't be grateful. I think that people will be grateful. I think that the pandemic has really made people reflect on how blessed they really are. It's at least the adults. I think that these cheering gonna be selfish, honey. That's just what they're gonna be. But um but the adults. I'm I'm excited about seeing the adults and my like grown up cousins now. And in the last month I saw them, the baby cousin, not baby cousin, my little cousin, his name is TJ. He doesn't like us calling him TJ. Stands for Tiny John. He says, My name is John now. I'm like, no, nigga, your name is TJ. Okay. It's still TJ because you're little, right? But he's like thirty. I'm like ten years older than him. So I get to see him in his element with his two kids and his wife and, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm excited about, like, actually interacting with him as an adult as opposed to me being the adult and him being the children. I don't know. It's it's just a different type of vibe. And I'm excited about it. Well, I'm excited for you. I'm excited because this will be my first Christmas in my new house. So we shall see. I did put up some decorations. We don't have a tree. Tree came out the box. The tree is supposed to be pre-lit, but the lights don't work. So we got to get another tree. So I decorated a little bit. The mantle is decorated. Sands and stockings because they haven't come in yet. Shout out to Amazon. Hopefully they get here in time. I have it. It smells like Christmas, but we got a tree, right? <laughs> and the tree came out the box. And it's supposed to be pre-lit. It's not. There's no lights. I mean, the lights are there. They don't turn on. So we have to get another tree. Please get me a tree in time because how do I spend the first Christmas in my new house with no tree? Like, how does that happen? But you know what? I'm going to be grateful and enjoy. What do I mean? You actually get a pass this year (laughs) if you don't get a tree in time. Seriously. Like, the new house is tree enough. Like, the whole house is your tree. Girl, put some garland around. And just call it a day. If the tree doesn't make it, it's fine. Set up a Mardi Gras tree. Put it up after Christmas. It's fine. You just bought a house. Give yourself some grace because, yeah, you just bought a whole house. Let's celebrate that and let's not beat ourselves up too much about a dang on tree. That doesn't matter. We don't care about the tree. We care about the house. And we want Janine to post some pictures of this said house. So that we can see this house. Even yes. if it's bare. Even if you're sleeping on a pallet on the floor. We don't care. It's that. <laughs> you know, we're not going to sleep on the, on the pallet. We have a bed. And we have a sofa and a rug. And we have curtains on one side of Lay House. On the other side of Lay House, Janine did some incorrect measurements. And then when she ordered the custom curtains, she canceled them. Because she thought like, oh, she can just get regular curtains. And so... Yeah, there's a side that doesn't have curtains. The track for the curtains is there. (laughs) The curtains aren't there. That's all operator error. But yeah, I think honestly, the only things that are not complete are my closet because I'm building like the closet in a room and we don't have a dining room table right now. And that's also because I haven't been able to make a decision on the dining room table that I like. But other than that, I think we're in pretty good shape. But I just need to get a tree. Like a tree just feels, I have 
Christmas candles. I have Christmas garland. I even have a wreath on my front door. I even have two Christmas mugs for us to like have Christmas coffee. Like one is a little brown Santa lady and one is a little brown Santa man. It's Mr. and Mrs. Santa Claus. (laughs) They're brown. And then I have a little like Santa mat for my dog. So like I'm in the Christmas spirit. I even have like Santa pillows or like Christmas pillows for my sofa, but I don't have a tree. <laughs> like there's not going to be any gifts under it. Don't get me wrong, but I but I need a tree. Y'all, these y'all should see. You got to post a picture with these mugs. When she says they are they are like Aunt Jemima, <laughs> like black Christmas, like Mister and Mrs. Claus. They're not playing. They're not playing with the blackness there. They are like. For real black people mugs. That's like somebody's grandparents dressed up as Santa and Miss Claus as a mug. That's hilarious. I saw them and I was like, oh, oh my goodness, you didn't even have to get these. Like, I'm so the person that will come up with a theme. And like, you know, Christmas colors are just the same basic colors every year. So I'm like, oh, it's a theme. Like, let's do it. So when I saw these, I was like, first I saw the Mrs. Claus one. And I told Ken, I was like, oh my God, I would totally get that. But there's no black Santa because I only saw the white Santa. And then I saw the black Santa and I was like, oh my goodness, can we have to get them? He was like, okay, Janine. Like he didn't even fight it. Like I saw the disappointment in his face, but he was just like, okay, fine. Just go ahead and get them. Sometimes you just can't fight it. Such a smart man. He's just like, you know what? Everybody actually needs to learn that lesson. Like there are some things that are just not worth fighting over. Like they're so small. That it's like, why am I going to even take the energy to let this annoy me? Like just, and some of the things some of my friends fight about with their significant others, I'm like, but why? Like, it's just not making any sense. Like people fight, especially when you have kids. I think it's just frustration. If there's a friend that fought with her boyfriend over not cleaning a bottle. And I'm like, I get it. It's a principle. Like, you don't want to feel like you're doing it all. But, like, it's a bottle. Like, why can't we just say, hey, can you not forget to, let, let's take turn cleaning the bottle and move on. But to have a full-on-fledged fight in front of everybody about a bottle, it was just, like, awkward. Yeah. Choose your battles. Choose them wisely. That's very real. And don't, and don't battle publicly. Like I will have a battle about something petty just cause I know, like I've told you about this before, but what you're not about to do is embarrass me in public. And I'm not about to embarrass you in public, but I have that good mama, like through your teeth talking and Ken has kind of adapted this. This is the crazy part. So like when Ken and I first got together, like I won't do the embarrassing, like nah, 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 nah. I'm not doing all that. But I'll talk to you like real nice through my teeth like this. And you can hear exactly what I'm saying. And it'll be just look like I'm having a great day. But really, I'm telling you off, right? But you have to be within like inches of my face to understand what I'm saying. And now Ken has mastered that. And I'm like, not you using me against me. That's not not how this is supposed to go. But y'all don't battle in public because y'all both look like fools when you do that. So please don't do that. We don't want to see it. All right, Janine. You go ask our listeners how they've been. They've been good out here okay. on this good internet. I mean, I would take it if that they they have been because the way that their internet has been interneting, it looks like they are just living the life. Y'all, tell us, tell us how your Christmas is. Tell, did y'all go to Art Basel? Can you tell Nicole that it's not just hoity-toity people that are at Art Basel? 
I'm going to look up this Art Basel. Y'all tell me if I can find a man on Art Basel. That's Art Basel. Let me know. Should I be investing and going next year? Let let me know. Well, Nicole, I think that next year we should all go to Art Basel. That's all I'm saying. I'm that's 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 just it, y'all. If you went to Art Basel, please let Nicole know about Art Basel. And if you didn't go to Art Basel, and you want to go to Art Basel, or you know about Art Basel, you've been to Art Basel before. Please tell Nicole about Art Basel, okay? And for those of you who do not go to Art Basel, what are y'all doing? What are you doing this this holiday season? Nicole, I've been going to a lot of like holiday parties. I think I've been to more holiday parties this year than ever before in my life. Like it feels like a lot. Are y'all going to a lot of holiday parties too? Or is it just me? It's just you. The rest of us have laryngitis and we try not to get sick before Christmas. Nicole, one night this week I went to four events and by the time I was at my fourth one, I was like Oh, this isn't going to work. So I just called Ken. I said, can you come get me? Can you just come pick me up? Like this, my husband's coming to get me. That's, that is the best excuse ever. Y'all, in this holiday season, if you are invited to 1,000 things like I, use the excuse that my significant other is coming to get me. It is the best excuse in the book. Because what are they going to say? No, tell your husband, tell your wife not to get me. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. They're coming to get me. I got to be out of here and said five, four three y'all best alarm clock ever tell the people it's time for me to go just saying just word of the wise okay nicole we're ready to have a, a podcast what is on our timeline this week okay so we just talked about how christmas is coming up and you know we're in the middle of hanukkah right now for those who celebrate hanukkah happy hanukkah and you know i don't know that we really exchange gifts for kwanzaa or any of the other holidays i don't think i'm that familiar with them but you know this is the gift giving season I just want to do a public service announcement at the top of this episode or kind of midway through, I guess, at this point, 20 minutes in, a public service announcement. I am here to remind everyone, that's me, Nicole, that's you, that's everyone who's listening or you would like to share this with someone else, please do share this. But y'all, this is, this is the public service announcement for this holiday season 2023. Do not, and I repeat, do not go into severe debt or become broke trying to people please and keep up with the Joneses this 2023 holiday season. Did you all hear me? I'm going to repeat it again. Do not go into extreme debt. And I would say don't go into debt at all, but some people, you know that there's a bonus coming in 24. So eh, I don't know how we feel about this, but I'm just going to tell you, don't go into no debt you can't get yourself out of in Q1 of 24, okay? Don't go into debt, trying to people please, or keep up with the Joneses this holiday season. I need you all to hear me and understand what I'm saying. Because when you pick up the phone and call Nicole and I, we're going to tell you that we told you in December not to do this. Are we all clear? Okay. So in that vein, Nicole, we're going to get on the parents today. I'm sorry, y'all. You know, I'm not a parent, but I'm about to get on y'all today. Now, I've seen some parents and I have some friends who are parents who go above and beyond for their children. And I'm talking the extravagant birthday parties, the crazy prom send-offs, the promposals, the extravagant trips, all of those things, right? All of those things that you do to show your kid just how much you love them. Y'all. The child-free friend that's sitting over here talking to y'all in my headphones, 
on this good Monday evening, she is telling you, y'all, your kids are going to love you regardless. You know why? Because that's what they're supposed to do. If you're just a good parent, regardless of whether you give them trips and designer clothes and all of the things, guess what? They're going to love you. You train your kids how to be. Remember that. Before they go out into this world, before they go to school, before they're influenced by their friends, before they're influenced by the television and social media and all of the things that influence your child, you influence them first. Okay, y'all. Please don't come for me. I know I don't have chicken or child, but we're going to talk about y'all today. And we're going to talk about probably not the most shiny example of you all, but this is something I saw on Black Millionaire and came from the Black Millionaire IG. And basically it was a question that just asked us to give this single mother that was struggling with her seem to be teenage son, the best advice that you have for her. So let me tell you what the scenario is. This lady is a single mother of what seems to be a teenage boy. He might be preteen, but he's old enough to communicate and understand the value of money. Or maybe not understand the value of money, but understand the concept of money, right? And this boy is a little demanding on his mother. And she is working 120 hours a week to keep up with her son's luxury lifestyle, as she puts it. She says that he demands $2,500 a month in allowance because he refuses to wear anything other than designer clothes. Now, let me break this down for you. She already gives him $1,000 a month in allowance, but he is demanding another $1,500 a month because he wants to wear designer clothes. Now, I guess this means, I guess this means that he has to buy new sets of designer clothes every month because I'm sorry, did the designer clothes that you bought for $1,500, $2,500, however much money you spent on the last month not fit today? Now it's possible. He's a teenage boy. He's growing, but uh, let, let's go into this. Now it appears that by luxury lifestyle, I think that they're really focused on or referring to the fact that he only wears designer. Now I don't know what designers because they didn't mention any but designer, right? Because based on the clip from what the mom is saying, she's buying him, you know, if she buys him something that's not designer, he throws it away. And then she says that he throws a tantrum, refuses to speak to her, stomps up the stairs. You know, he acts a complete monkey. And it appears that they're living somewhat of a modest lifestyle. I'm not saying that they're, you know, less fortunate, but it seems that they live a modest lifestyle. It seems that based on the, the background, you know, the appearance of their home, that it seems to be relatively modest and the appearance the they're keeping up, you know, even, yeah, he had on a, a watch, not hundred percent sure that it was designer, but he had on like a gold watch and, but the mom seemed pretty modest. You know, they showed her in what appear to be scrubs. So it seems that they live a, a modest lifestyle, but I don't know. I think it's the fact that the mother is working 120 hours a week that makes me believe that, like, he's not seeking a luxury lifestyle. He's seeking designer clothes. Like, they're not living in a mansion. He just wants to wear designer clothes. Maybe it's just me. But let's break down this 120 hours for a second, right? The mom is working 120 hours 
to be able to afford the lifestyle, the lifestyle that her son wants, right? And by the lifestyle, again, let's reiterate that we're talking about his clothes on his back because he's not really concerned about where he lives, at least not based on the clip that they shared, right? So it's seven days in a week, Nicole. It's 24 hours in a day. That's about 160 hours in the whole week. So she's working 120 hours of 168 hours a week. That means that there are 48 hours in the entire week that she's not working. Now, if you break that down per day, that means it's about six hours and 48 minutes that she's not working per day. Six hours and 48 minutes. That's less than the recommended amount of time that you need to sleep. That doesn't include travel. That doesn't include cooking. That doesn't include anything else that she might need to do in a day. She only has six hours and 48 minutes to herself to do self-care, to do any chores, anything that she needs to do outside of work. She only has six hours and 48 minutes to do so. Because her son is requiring designer clothes. So for me, he wants, you know, $1,000, dollars a week, a, a month, right? Let's just take that $1,000 or $2,500 a month out because I'm sorry, I didn't get $1,000 of allowance when I was a kid and I understand that that was a while ago, but I'm not too sure of many parents who are giving their kids, just handing their kids over $1,000 a month in allowance. Now, if you're putting $1,000 in a trust for your children or in some sort of savings account, CD, IRA, whatever, I could see that. But $1,000 a month of allowance for you to put it on your back, not so certain. So she's giving $1,000 a month. Now, I'm certain that for $1,000 a month, she could probably work maybe 10 less hours a day. Maybe it's me. Now, Nicole, I know I'm not a parent. I know I was a child a long time ago, but to me, this seems a bit excessive. Just a tad. It seems like not only is it really ridiculous that she's paying her kid $1,000 a month, considering paying him $2,500 a month because he will only wear what he wants to wear. This is not investing in his future, not investing in his education, not investing in anything. It's literally just putting clothes on his back. It seems a bit ridiculous to me. And I don't know that it takes all that to be a good mother. And what does, where do you give? Like maybe a little less on the money and maybe a little bit more time spent with him because for six hours and 48 minutes a day, you're probably using most of that time to sleep if you can. How much time are you actually spending with your son? I don't know. Maybe it's me. What? I think she's a little bit too concerned about what he wants and not concerned about what he needs. He needs time. Children need time. Children need attention. Children need you to help them plan for their future. I don't see any of these things in that clip, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like she's more focused on satisfying his now. But if it were me, this little boy wouldn't be getting anything for me but a job application. Because... You seem old enough to work and be demanding that you can go work at said designer clothing store and make your own money so you can buy your own designer clothes. That's just me. But what do you think, Nicole? I think that this mother has not taught any discipline to this child and not disciplined him at all. Um, when I look at the clip, because I watched it a million times, 
there's a reason why fathers are needed to help raise boys. The way he talks to her, the way he disrespects her, the way she says stuff and he brushes off what she says. He needs him a man. He needs a man and he needs some authority in his life to be able to reprimand him and to be able to put him in his place. And unfortunately, even if someone, i.e. his father, stepped up to the plate now to try to be a fatherly figure and discipline him, it's it's too late. She is going to have to literally cut him off completely or lose her job and, and literally not be able to provide for him, for him to get it. Because there is absolutely no way I'm going to give Harrison that type of allowance. And I'm paying for your clothes? Mm-mm. I understand giving a child allowance and teaching them how to budget so that they can buy their own things and they know the value of a saving. But $1,000, that's a bit much. When I was growing up, it was 20 and I think that was probably a lot. $20 a week, $100 a month was what I got for an allowance. That was enough to buy my little snacks. That was enough for me to save up my money for a couple months and buy something big that I wanted if I wanted that. Nowadays, I think $20 a month is not, I mean, $20 a week is not enough, but I don't think it should be more than like 50. Not for someone that's like on the lower side of the team. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he like 12 or 13? Like he's not even driving yet. So I, I would not be giving him any more than $50, if that, for an allowance. And if he wanted to buy his own designer things, that's fine if he saves his money, right? If you have $50 a week, that's $200 a month. You can save for a couple of months and buy you something designer if that's what you want. That teaches you the value of being able to save. If you want to make more money, you earn more money. She's a single parent. Hey, perhaps Go start if you do something above and beyond your assigned chores. How about that? Go start if you go do something for your grandparents or for somebody else that earns you some money. That's the way you get money faster. So we are going to teach him to be creative and teach him how to do things to earn extra money, whether that's in the house or outside of the house. But in terms of your actual allowance, you're not getting more than $50 a week from me unless you go above and beyond your normal chores. Some people will say, oh, well, you know, the $50 is for doing chores. I get that. But let's say your chores are you have to clean your room, you have to wash the dishes every night, and you have to sweep the floors. To me, going above and beyond would be something that's not day-to-day, right? So for Harrison, he's going to have to clean his own bathroom. He's going to have to clean his room. He will wash the dishes because I had to wash the dishes growing up. And he will clean the kitchen and the guest bathroom, right? But going above and beyond would be, hey, he cleaned out the refrigerator and he wiped all the shelves down. Like, that's something that a child could easily do, but it's not something that you think about assigning because you don't really clean your refrigerator out every other day, right? I clean my refrigerator out pretty much once a week when I'm trying to make sure I throw out things to the garbage, but I'm not taking out all the shelves every day and wiping those out. So perhaps he could do that without being asked and say, hey, can I get some extra credit or extra allowance next time for doing that, okay? As a boy, 
taking out the trash every week would be something that would be required for you. Why? Because I think that that's a man's job to take out the trash. But let's say he bleached and sprayed out the garbage cans without being asked. Hey, that may get you some extra credit there, okay? In addition to the yard guy mowing the lawn, perhaps you went out and trimmed the hedges. Maybe that'll get you some extra credit. So there are things that you don't necessarily do on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis. But if you show that you're going above and beyond and you're doing things that are outside of your normal, normally assigned tasks, that would be things to earn you extra credit. But you can also ask other people if they need help. And that will earn you extra credit. I say all that to say, I think that no matter how much money you make, there has got to be something that teaches children that working hard and the harder you work, the more you can get and the more you can earn. Because guess what? We're not going to be all around all the time. And that kind of behavior of not making them earn things is what makes them feel entitled. And when some woman gets this person, they are literally going to be gaslighted every step of the way because he's going to feel like she owes him just for being there. When that is not reality, that's someone that's on the course to live by themselves or with their mama for the rest of their lives. They're not going to want to work hard. They're not going to want to earn and deserve the things that they've received. I tell Harrison, which I do think probably is a little spoiled, but I remind him, mommy is not going to be around all the time. You're going to have to work hard and get your own job. And he's four and a half. And I'm talking to him like this. He didn't want to go over sight words tonight, right? We go over sight words a couple times a week. He literally was crying because he didn't want to go over them with me. But I had to remind him, hey, this is your job to go over it. Why do you not want to go over them? Because I don't know them. Well, the more we do them, the more comfortable you feel and the more you know them. That's what putting in hard work will get you. So teaching him that, hey, we may not like to do it because it doesn't make us feel comfortable to not know things. But in order to know them, we have to do them. He's at a new school. He doesn't like going to a new school. Why? Because he doesn't know any of the kids. Well, you're not going to get to know any of the kids unless you go. The more you go, the more people you will know. The more you study, the more comfortable you get with the sight work. So this is all a part of going through the motions. But if you don't push and challenge your children to do things outside of their comfort zone, they will never, ever learn to take the leap of faith Because they will never know that being uncomfortable is normal in order to feel comfortable. And unfortunately, this mom has enabled this child to feel just comfortable. Probably because she didn't have a lot growing up. And she wants her child to not feel uncomfortable because that's how she felt. Not understanding that the fact that she can work those jobs and feel uncomfortable was something that was instilled in her at a young age, and that taught her the work ethic she has to be able to provide for her children, for her child. She ignored that. And I think a lot of us that came from lower income or single-parent households, 
We're like, we don't want our kids to suffer like that. But we got to realize that not allowing them to suffer just a little bit has then made them entitled and dependent on us. And I sit back and I watch a lot of my friends do the same thing to their children that this woman is doing. Not this extreme, but they do to a, to a, to a point do this. And so I'm trying to be very conscious with Harrison and not allowing him to feel so comfortable that he doesn't understand the value in feeling and going through stages of discomfort. Hopefully this person will get it together before it's too late, but he's on the verge of being just at a loss. I agree, Nicole. And look, I struggle with giving people parental advice because I've never been a parent. But like, I often wonder, like, if parents think about what it would be like if they had everything that they wanted. I think that like, I look at the parents that or I look at the my friends whose parents kind of just gave them carte blanche to do whatever they wanted to do versus the parents who's who were a little bit more, you know, strict. And if I'm being honest, the parents who just gave their kids carte blanche to do whatever they wanted to do. At 40, some of their kids are still trying to figure out what to do in their life because they've never actually had real responsibilities or consequences for their actions. And not for nothing, but like, I kind of blame it on this mom because are you really worried about what your child has on? Like, how are his grades? That's what I want to know. Like, what is his, what have you prepared him for his future? Does he have a, like a, a trust set up somewhere? A thousand dollars a month. If you give him another $1,500 a month, like think about what this will be like, right? And I'm not about to sit here and do math with compound interest, but like if you put $1,500 additional dollars a month into a trust for your child right now, what would that look like by the time that he was grown? Like we're putting it on his back, but why? Like what, that's not going to give you any return on investment and he's not going to be able to fit those clothes. He's a growing boy. He's not going to be able to fit that next year. You're going to have to reinvest. Like what sense does that make? (sighs) I'm trying not to be judgy, but like y'all, let's, let's just be a little bit more wise about what we're doing. Can we do that? That's all I'm asking. All right, Jenny. So speaking of this mom and how she's enabled this child. Are you ready to talk through some of these letters? Let's do it. All right. So the first letter reads, Nicole and Janine, my fiance's daughter is about to cause the demise of my relationship with him. I've been with my fiance, Marvin, for about four years. We've been engaged for two. And the only reason I haven't confirmed the date is because of his daughter. His daughter is 24 years old. When we first started dating, She was in college, but a few months after we became official, she ended up dropping out to pursue her dreams to become a designer. So the plan was for her to take off a semester and transfer to another college to major in design, but that never happened. She ended up moving back home and hanging out with some of her old friends. She works but switches jobs often. Marvin and I moved in together after we got engaged, and I really don't like her ways. She comes in at all hours of the night, She's disrespectful to Marvin, often snapping when he asks simple questions like whether she's going to work or not. I keep quiet in front of her because it's not my place to step in and parent a grown woman. However, when he and I have private conversations about her plans, 
He never knows any details and seems either afraid or not concerned enough to broach the subject. Now that it's Christmas time, she's told him she wants a new Gucci purse and also wants a new car so that she can have a more reliable form of transportation. And he's actually looking into doing it. I told him directly that I feel like he's enabling her and encouraging her to be lazy by not setting some standards. But he said he's trying to give her time to find herself. Recently, he's been asking more about the wedding date. I've been telling him I've been busy at work and haven't had much time to look at venues and check availability. But my real hesitation is his daughter. Ladies, am I being unrealistic to encourage him to demand that his daughter get her act together? Or am I really supposed to tolerate supporting the lifestyle of a grown woman? I'm confused because my parents didn't play games with me. And I don't expect anyone to spoil their kids in this manner. Help me see the way. Samina. Now, Samina, you already have all the information that you need. If you think that this is going to change when you get married, it's not. And I'm not even mad at you for postponing the wedding date, right? Or not selecting a wedding date, right? But what I, I need you to do, though, is I need you to be honest with your fiance about why. The, don't sugarcoat it because it's not going to make it any better. Now, in saying this, when you're honest with him, be ready for him to make a decision and be ready for what you're going to do if the decision that he makes isn't in the best interest of your relationship. Because ultimately, that's his daughter. And right or wrong, he may pick her over you because he, she is his responsibility. At the end of the day, regardless of what happens between the two of you, that young lady is his responsibility. Now, she's grown. And he should be ready to cut the purse strings. However, it seems that he is not. Is she ridiculous for asking for a new Gucci bag? And is she ridiculous for asking for a new car? Is she ridiculous for doing those things? Of course she is. But I can tell you of many a daddy that are never, mine included, if I were to go ask my father today or tomorrow, hey, dad, can I have a new car? I could be raggedy as a bowl of yak, as my grandmother would say. And my father will drop everything that he's, he's doing to make sure that I have what I asked for. Now, am I mature enough to not do that? Of course I am. There's a point where you realize you need to stand on your own two feet and you're not going to take advantage of your parents, right? But Samina, I think that's her name. Let me tell you something. I wish that I could tell you that you're going to go to your man and be honest with him and he's going to tell you, oh, this is great. You know what? You're absolutely right. I'm not going to do this, right? But old habits die hard. And you said she's 22 and and... I think that's how old you said she was. And he's been doing this for 22 years. He's been spoiling her and, and jumping to her every whim. Girl, you might as well just chalk it up to the fact that he's, you just split his check. If you want to get married to him. And if you don't, if you're not okay with it and you don't think this is a great idea and you don't feel comfortable having the conversation with him, or even if you do have the conversation with him and it doesn't go the way you want, you have to make some real decisions as to whether this is what you want to do. And if you don't want to do this, then, you know, maybe y'all are better as friends. I personally think it's a bit ridiculous that he's, you know, jumping through hoops for a grown woman, even if it is his daughter. But again, I've never had chicken or child. So I will tell you that my opinion is very distant from what reality is. 
let me tell you, if I was in your situation, I'm not getting married. All I'm saying. What you think, Nicole? This is a hard one because I'm like, you gonna have this child make you lose your man? I, I don't know. I just feel like you've invested a lot of time and energy. And yeah, I get that this child is going through this phase and it's annoying. But I really think that if you had a conversation with your fiance and he didn't get it, then I would walk away, right? Because you're right, it's not fair that you are taking care of a grown woman, right? But kids nowadays are very different. These Gen Zers, they do stay in the house a lot longer. So instead of encourage him to get her act together, I would encourage a family meeting. And and you don't have to butt in and, and, and say anything, right? But you are a part of the family. And I think that maybe, because you never said she disrespected you. You said that you hear her disrespect him. Maybe in front of you, she would not be disrespectful, right? How about you guys call a family meeting or ask, hey, maybe we should just talk together as a family about how we can help her. I would, I would literally pose the question of how can we help her move forward as opposed to she got to get out of here. We can't support her for the rest of her life. Because guess what? When you are marrying somebody that has children, you are supporting them for the rest of their life. Children move out. They may need to come back home. They have they go through periods of transition. Everybody needs to support. And if you can't lean back and support your children and they can't depend on you, then who else are they going to depend on? For, for example, I have a whole child. My mom dropped everything. When I had my child and moved with me, okay, that's a real thing. My friend, who was an OBGYN, her mom and her mother-in-law were are married. They alternated driving down there every other week to babysit, okay? I have a friend right now in my sister-in-law. Her mother-in-law drove down during the week to keep their child and drove home to see her husband on the weekend and came back Monday morning to keep it. Parents do this, okay? Parents sacrifice for their children. Now, it may not look like this, okay? But it is a sacrifice. And so you have to realize that if you have adult children, there are things that you are going to have to sacrifice. Now, this is not one I think should be happening. But the reason I bring up all these different types of sacrifices is to know that parenting, step-parenting, it looks different. Even as a step-parent, my friend's mother-in-law was remarried. Her husband had to understand that she was going to be away from the home to help take care of her grandchild. So they both had to sacrifice. Okay, raising or being a part of a grown child means that you are going to be by default the person that that child leans on. If you're not into that, if you're not going to want to be the helper, if you're not going to want to step in as the step parent, not telling you to take over as a parent, especially if that mother is still alive. But now you're attached to the father. 
So you are a step parent and you are going to have to lend a hand from time to time, even if that lending a hand is understanding that that father has sacrificed. Now, in this situation, I think that this is not one that he should have to sacrifice because she has to be able to get on her own two feet before she leans back. Okay. She has to be able to step out and fail before she's able to come back. And so I would phrase it to my husband or soon to be husband. Hey, how can we help your daughter become more focused? Hey, let's not enable her to stay here forever. Buying her a new car will make her too comfortable. Buying her a Google Tree purse will make her too comfortable because she has it given to us. Let's encourage her to get her own car. Let's encourage her to buy her own Gucci bag. Let's encourage her to regroup and figure out exactly what she wants to do. And by doing things to make her too comfortable, that's not encouraging her to go out. So can we talk and get on the same page about what we can do to help her? And then as a team, let's bring that and present it to her and say, hey, we've talked about this. This is what we're going to do to help you. I was talking to a friend of mine this weekend and saying, with Harrison, I would almost rather, if he was somebody that was not going to go to college, I'm going to give him a certain amount of time to get a sack, to get a, get a job. And then after that, you got to go. You got to go on your own. And I would rather him take a leap and go on his own and me help him pay his rent for a period of time than for him to be in my house. Because if he's in my house trying to save money for his rent, three months comes to six, six months come to eight, eight months turn into a year. But if he's out working on his own and he's short, he has to ask me for help. Eventually that's going to get old. He's going to want to adjust and do the things he needs to do to get on his own two feet. And I would say, hey, you got to go. And in that time of transition, while he's in my house saving up money, he's going to have to give me some money for rent. Because he has to understand that. I understand that you're saving. But you're going to have to give something to live up in here because life is not free. Now, obviously, you don't charge your child a ridiculous amount to rent a room. But two to $500, somewhere in there, depending on the size of your home and how much he's making, be reasonable. And I would collect from him faithfully every month. And if he didn't give on time, I would charge him a late fee. And then when he moved out, I would give him that money back into his savings account so that he has a little bit of cushion to support him, okay? But then he learns that nothing is free. And he's also gotten the support financially from me to keep him afloat. And I would say, this should last you this amount of months. Don't come asking me for nothing. You need to budget the money that you have in order to support yourself. And I will let him go out and find his way to be independent. And I think all parents have to give that. This is the time that you have to be in my house and say, and guess what? You got to go out there and fall flat on your face and learn that if you don't pay your bills on time, 
the lights will get cut off and you will get evicted. And I will let him come close. The light's going to get cut off before I pay a light bill. It's going to have to happen. I'm not going to let you get evicted because I don't want your credit to be bad. But you might get your lights cut off. Okay? We have to give these kids tough love in order for them to learn independence and grow. Now, Janine, I know you remember me in college. You remember having to figure out how you were going to eat. You remember having to go to the grocery store and buy them packs of ramen noodles just in case you couldn't make ends meet at the end of the month. These are the things that we have to do to grow. And I think if we don't do these things, if you don't struggle through, you don't learn the value of saving and budgeting. And and so with this woman, I would not let this girl run me away from my good man if he's doing everything else right. But I would say, honey, what do we need to do to help her focus? And then from there, I would, after we get a plan together, I would encourage him to take the lead on that conversation. And I think that may go over much better. Yeah, Nicole, you're right. Because I remember making friends with Miss Mary at the Piccadilly so that I could eat something other than ramen. You hear what I tell you? Mm-hmm. Miss Mary, she was like, I only work on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And I would be like, trust me, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I will be here to eat Piccadilly because ramen ain't where it's kicking. And, you know, the meal plan is tired after a while. Whew, girl. But if you're hungry enough. You eat it. Listen. You Look, you hungry enough, you eat the, the, the noodles without the packet. You hear? What does your letter read? It says, hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. Love y'all. But I need help with this daughter of mine. My daughter is 15 years old. And she is a diva. She and her friends are the quote unquote it girls. She's a straight A student. She's a varsity cheerleader. She runs track and she does ballet outside of school. She's an amazing daughter. I sometimes feel as if she's a bit entitled. Let me explain. My daughter claims to be an influencer. Now, to her credit, she does have about 22,000 followers on TikTok. But she's not getting paid. And I'm struggling to keep up with her influencer needs. It started out with a ring light, which I was fine with. Then she needed a camera. Then she needed a roving camera. Then she needed to redecorate her room. Now she is in the process of redecorating our guest room so that she could have an alternate background. That is a lot, but that doesn't even include all of the products that she has me purchase for her to review. While I know this is something that she's super passionate about, this is becoming rather expensive. While I want to support her dreams, I'm also very well aware that unless she starts making money, I won't be able to continue to support this endeavor. Ladies, what should I do? It's almost as if she expects me to do this for her. And I feel bad because she's a great daughter and she's great in school. I cannot ask for a better child. I just don't want her to feel like she doesn't deserve it or like I don't support her. But I really can't afford this. Please help. Signed, Leslie. Okay, Leslie, like this is a a little tough one for me because, you know, I'm just thinking if Harrison were 15, he was making straight A's, he was in sports, he was doing all the things, I would support that. Like, I feel like she's earned the right to play a little bit, right? And if you talk about 
the products that she's sampling and the ring light. You know, how much have you really spent on this stuff? She could be into, you know, shoes and makeup and you spend just about the same amount. So I feel like she's earned this and I feel like you should support her. But perhaps one, you should say, hey, this is how much of a budget you have to do this stuff. And then let her pick and choose what products she's going to buy. And then two, like, what about hiring somebody to help her brand herself and actually get some endorsements and get some paid gigs? Like, there are people that want to pay people to influence. She has 22,000 followers. That has more followers than we have. She can get paid to be, you know, a micro-influencer or whatever you call these people nowadays. She just has to be intentional and, like, seeking out the payments, right? And putting herself out there and asking for payments. So I think that one, you should encourage her to look into that or instead of buying these products, pay someone to brand her and help her get some payments for her influencing. Um, and since she has so many followers, I don't think that that would be very difficult. You know, people that do this stuff full time as a job, you know, I was talking to um, one of my line sisters. Um, Simone, actually, her sister has like hundreds of thousands of followers, but this is what she does full time now. She is an influencer and she gets paid a lot of money to do that, right? But she's intentional on that and she's very intentional about what she wants to brand and what she doesn't want, you know, what she wants to do for her brand, what she stands for, and she is very, you know, authentic about what she puts out there. And because of that, she's grown a pretty big following, but she's investing in her brand. She has someone that does her PR. And so maybe those are the things that you need to invest in to see some return on your investment. So I think that we're just not doing this the correct way. I think we should just seek out um, payment and paid um, influencer opportunities as opposed to crushing her dreams. So put a budget aside to say, hey, let's talk to somebody else that actually knows what they're doing to help us get paid to do this, and let's pay for that. And then after, I don't know how many months, six months, a year, let's regroup and say, this is working or this is not working, and go from there. But it sounds like you have somebody that's really focused on being uh, being an influencer, really disciplined enough to be making straight A's and be involved in all the things that she's doing and keep up her social media following, she just needs a little bit of help getting those dollars. Janine, what do you think? I agree with you 100%. I think that there are a couple of things that are working against you and could be working for you, right? There's nothing, that, no one that's going to pay your child who is a minor without your involvement. So as opposed to you saying, hey, I don't want my finances involved in this, what you need to be saying is, Hey, I need to be more involved in this because guess what? Any branding opportunity where someone's going to pay your child, you're going to have to be involved because no one is going to have a conversation with a 15 year old that is worth anything, right? So you need to get a little bit more involved. Yes. Find somebody that's going to do PR, find some influencer opportunities. And she's a child. So that's a very unique niche, right? Because everyone doesn't want their child on the internet. So the fact that she's good at this, that she's consistent and that you're willing to allow her to make money off of it, Leslie, let me tell you this. 
when there's an opportunity that it's because someone created it, not because it already existed, right? Find out what your daughter is really good at. Find out what she has the most engagement on and have her stick to that. I don't know the kinds of things. You didn't share with us the kinds of things that she reviews, but you know, those products typically, if she has enough followers, people will send her those kinds of things for free. So I think you should, you just have to get a little bit more involved in this, right? And I know it's, it's, you know, probably not what you want to hear, but maybe as opposed to you investing as much money into it, you need to invest a little bit more time into it and evaluate this as you would evaluate any other business. What is she doing? What is giving her the most return on the investment? And right now the return on the investment would be engagement. And I'm not going to go too deep into this because then it's going to kind of get nerdy and no one's going to want to hear about this, but you're going to see what's going to give her the most return on the investment. What kind of engagement is she getting off of each one of her posts? What, what, is she, what are people following her for? And once you determine that, determine what her niche is. And once you determine that, then you can go after these influencer agencies that say, hey, this is what we're marketing. There are some like online influencer kind of agencies that are for what Nicole calls micro-influencers. Those are the people who don't have the millions of followers, but do have a significant following. And maybe she's not getting paid the hundreds of thousands of dollars, but maybe she's getting free product. Maybe she's getting a couple of dollars for a post. You never know. Dig, do, some, do some research. Do a little bit more digging. Don't kill her dreams. I know it's getting expensive, mom, but what you're going to do is as opposed to the money coming out of your pocket, let it come out of some of these, these uh, companies' pockets. It's okay. I know it seems scary, but think of your daughter as what used to be a child star, right? You're just going to have to cultivate this for her so that she's not out here lost trying to have you purchase everything for her. It can work out. Trust me, it can. Don't, don't get discouraged yet. All right, Jenny. So what did you learn new this week? Okay, Nicole. So I know that I'm not really a child anymore. And as much as I would like to go back to my like teen years and 20s, ah, that ain't where we are right now. Remember, we are at lounges and cigar bars, right? So I went back and compared what our life was like back in the 80s compared to what it's like now to be a child. So According this, I found this actually very interesting. Nicole, remember the Tooth Fairy? So according to Delta Dental, the Tooth Fairy, they have an official Tooth Fairy survey. They, they surveyed a thousand parents. So back in our day, and I would assume it's probably about in the 80s, the Tooth Fairy left about 25 cents to a dollar. I remember getting a dollar. Sometimes I even got $2 depending on how my tooth fell out. When I knocked them out, I got $2. When they fell out, it was a dollar. Well, nowadays, the average person or average child who loses a tooth, the tooth fairy leaves $4.75 or $4.70. So about $5, right? And some tooth fairies are even paying as much as $10 and $20 per tooth. Like, that's crazy. $20 and all I have to do is lose a tooth? I'm knocking every tooth out of my mouth. Okay, not really, but I'm just saying. That's, I mean, $20 for a tooth? Whew, tooth fairy must be making bank. And then Cabbage Patch Dolls. Do you remember Cabbage Patch Dolls? I still have my Cabbage Patch Dolls. They're still in the box because my grandma said, you know, one day, girl, they're going to be worth some money. I'm not sure that this is what she meant, but back in the day, the Cabbage Patch, you know, to adopt a Cabbage Patch Dolls, because you remember you had to adopt them. You got a, you got a birth certificate because you adopted the baby, right? Back in 1985, they were $25. And while inflation would, should make them 
Cabbage Patch actually has come, somehow thwarted inflation, and it's now only $40 for a Cabbage Patch doll, but it's still significantly higher. But it should be about 60 bucks in, you know, in relation, but it's really only 40 I might go get me some Cabbage Patch dolls. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? You mean to tell me a vintage Cabbage Patch doll is only worth $40? Only 40 bucks. Oh, wow. It's okay. It's more than the 25 that they paid for it. But that's just with the cost of inflation. I know. I know. All right. So what I learned was based on a survey by today.com, 92% of parents report that their children are spoiled. And here are some ways to fix the spoilness. Number one, turn getting into giving. So for this Christmas season, make sure that your child makes a list of things to give away as opposed to things they want to receive. Number two, more is caught than taught. So basically, watch how you act. So if you are caught up on what somebody's going to get you for a gift, don't be surprised if your child is also caught up on what you're going to give them for a gift. So instead, focus and spend more time on what you're going to give others than what you're getting, okay? And don't expect to get anything, okay? Teach your children to anticipate how that person's going to react to what you're giving them. And then number three, try December decluttering. So at the beginning of every December, declutter and go and give stuff away to the goodwill or whomever you're going to give away to. What give it away to, whether that is toys or clothes or something. But be intentional of making your child about making your child give something away. Okay. And and a massive giveaway with the whole family giving something of value to them away. All right, Johnny, are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. All right, the motivational moment comes from Maya Angelou and she said when we give cheerfully and accept gratefully, everyone is blessed. Now, as you reflect on her words, ask yourself how you demonstrate this every day to your kids and loved ones and teach your kids that it is better to give than to receive, not just during the Christmas time, but every day of the year. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.